Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. A life is not important except in the impact it has on other lives. Jackie Robinson. Then in the morning, when we woke up, we packed our stuff up and we hit the trail. Now this last part was was only two, two miles, two and a half miles. But in that two and a half miles, it was that 3,000, almost, almost 4,000, 3,930 feet of elevation gain. So we were walking uphill the entire time and she was struggling. And I was like, all right, let's take a break. Took a break, we ate some food, drank some water, and I was like, I'll carry your backpack for you for a little bit. So I had my backpack and her backpack just walking up the mountain. She had her walking sticks, just, just slowly coming up the mountain, and she looked like she was about to curse me out. <laughs> so that's the reason I offered to carry her backpack for her because it, it looked like she was about to blow <laughs> then we get to the top of the mountain and back to the Appalachian Trail portion and at the end she was like you did not tell me that hike was that long and that strenuous I'm Doc and this is the John Freaking Muir Pod Welcome to the John Freakin' Muir Pod. Lace up those boots and sling on the pack for a romp through trails, short and long. With your host and renaissance man, Doc, it's time to embrace the suck. Welcome back to another week on the trail. I'm Doc, and this is the John Freakin' Muir Pod. Let's start off with a reminder. If you are enjoying the podcast, take just a minute. Help us out. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you're not enjoying the pod, well, just go ahead and keep that to yourself. All right, let's get to this week's content. I am very excited about this week's guest, who is the creator of the Instagram account, The Ethnic Explorer. Welcome to the John Freaking Muir Pod, James Gregory. How are you doing, James? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And as we talk tonight, where are you exactly? I, I think you're in your van. Is that correct? Yes, I am sitting in my van right now in 25 degree weather. 
Wow. Now, what kind of challenges does uh, this 25 degrees pose to van lifers out there? The biggest challenge is staying warm, keeping your fingers and toes warm. That's that's a priority. And you got to have a lot of blankets and a heater. Most go with diesel heaters, but they're rather expensive. So I don't have one at the moment, but I plan on getting one. Okay. Do you have a particular brand in mind? Uh, Wabasto. That seems like one of the top of the line ones that's very reliable. Okay. And is, is it is it a kind of a freestanding heater that would be in the van with you or is it, does it attach somehow to the, to the inside uh, wall of, of the van? All right. So what do you, what you have to do is you have to drill two holes, one to mount the uh, whole unit and then one to run the exhaust out of the van. So basically you're just drilling it and mounting it into the floor of the van. Most people put it under seats or under the bed. And it has a vent pipe on one end and you have an electronic thermostat that's actually like a house thermostat. You can set the temperature and it'll come on automatic. You would just hook it up to like your solar or whatever powers your van. Okay, slick. Nice. So, yeah, I guess it's important to to vent that exhaust. You don't want that piling up in the van with you. That'd be a problem. Uh, Oh, yeah. And one thing that's really important is having a CO2 detector on hand as well just as a fail safe yeah i know i know that uh, there's been some tragedies uh in the news about people who are trying to stay warm and don't have uh, maybe don't have a heating system not just van life but it, you know life in in, in general and uh, have brought in a propane stove or uh some other type of uh heat source and have have succumbed to, to co2 oh uh, yeah yeah okay Hey, on the podcast, we go strictly by trail names. So I know that I, I'm not sure if you're a, a through hiker uh, or have any through hiking in your in your past experience. But you know, Doc is not does not appear on my driver's license or on my paychecks. Uh, I picked it up as a trail name. Do you have a trail name, or should we should we go by Ethnic Explorer, or is there something else, or we just stick with James? I do not have a trail name, so the Ethnic Explorer would work great. Okay, all right. How about like double E? Double E, whatever you want to call me, I'm, I'm open to it. <laughs> All right. Very good. Hey, have you had a chance to listen to any of the episodes of the John Freaking Muir Pod? I have. I've listened to two or three. Okay. Uh, I only asked because I want to make sure that you're aware of a segment that we do towards the end of each episode, and that's called the Pro Tip Insight of the Week. And what that is all about is I will, I will turn to you at that point and I will ask you to share some, some wisdom for our listeners out there to make their next outdoor experience even better. So don't be surprised when we get there. Sweet. I'm ready for it. Okay. Uh, hey, another feature we've been doing this season is the Must Bring Gear Review sponsored by the Ultralight Backpacking Gear Company, Outdoor Vitals. And I'm not sure how or if this applies, but we'll, we'll, we'll try and make a stretch. Uh, If you were to let a stranger pack your bag or pack your gear with pretty much generic gear for a multi-day hike, what is the one specific piece of gear you would insist on being packed? Uh, If you got a particular brand for that specific piece of gear, even better. So double E, what is your must bring piece of gear? And maybe we could adapt this to van life. I would say a water filter because water is very important. (laughs) Absolutely. Have you, uh, have you ever run into a situation where you were unable to filter water or that you didn't filter water that, that you didn't think needed to be filtered and run into problems? Uh, no, here in Virginia, water is literally beside every trail. As long as you are in the southern region of the U.S., you pretty much have no problem in finding water to filter. So I, I have not run into that situation, but I have run into the situation where I didn't bring enough water and that filter saved me. Okay. Now, in addition, I know we've mentioned the van a couple of times, so we're going to talk a little bit about van life during our discussion, but uh, do you have other outdoor experiences uh, such as through hiking or backpacking or camping? Yes, I have backpacking and camping. I have not through hiking. Okay. All right. So when you go for a hike, what, what is the gear that you typically take with you? Are you carrying a backpack with, uh, with some essentials in there? Yes. What I carry with me 
is water because that's like the main essential snacks to keep my energy up. Um, I always carry a knife. I carry a tarp, a fire starter, and a jacket and a poncho just in case I get caught out in the rain. I don't want to get wet and then get cold and get hypothermia. Mm-hmm. And have you done some some multi day hikes out there? Yes, the Smoky Mountains. Okay, is where I've done that. Nice. Okay, so I've got a, another another segment on the on the podcast here. I call the hiking pole, and it's not P O L E. It's P O L L. It's a survey. Uh, a little cute play on words there. And this is I'm going to ask you some questions, and it's kind of you know this this helps us determine which side of the crazy scale you're on. Sweet. Okay. So four questions and, and uh, give me your answer and, and kind of your reasoning behind it. We'll have a little discussion on, on gear here. So boots or trail runners? This one, I, I started with boots, but then a friend of mine was wearing trail runners and I switched over to trail runners and I, now I prefer trail runners. Okay. Well, and what, what do you find to be the main difference? What, what makes trail runners better than boots, in your opinion? Hiking speed. I feel like I can hike a lot faster with trail runners than with boots. Yeah, I think that is the, the, uh, the shoe of choice for a lot of long trailers as well. I think uh, the old adage is that, that for every pound you have on your foot, it's an extra, it feels like an extra five on your, in your, on your back. So uh, lighter weight, more mobile, quicker. Okay. Now, how about uh, tent or tarp? I love tarps for the lightweight, but I have to say a tent for the protection. Protection from? The elements. Okay. All right. Yeah, I, I, uh, I went with the, uh, with, I started off with the tent, went with the tarp to be a little more, uh, uh, to be lighter out there and loved all the different types of tarp pitches out there. Uh, watched a lot of instructional videos on YouTube on that. And there's, there's kind of a, I mean, if you talk to a hardcore tarp guy he'll tell you that there is there's there's a tarp pitch for every weather situation out there and you can do just as as well with with the tarp so that that is true that is i guess it's just a mindset for me (laughs) (laughs) okay sleeping bag or quilt definitely sleeping bag i like the way the sleeping bag just wraps around you and it just cuddles you i guess you could say (laughs) it's like a security blanket yeah, exactly. Yeah. And here's here's the uh, the craziest question. Uh, stove or cold soak? I would say a stove because I don't know too much about cold soak. Okay. Very good. Do you have a stove that you take with you out there on your multi-day excursions? I do. It is a jet boil mighty mm-hmm. much. Yes, popular, popular choice. That that stove does very well. Okay. Well, Hey, before we get too far down the trail, let's back up a little bit and let's hear about your background and where you grew up, what kinds of sports and hobbies you were involved in as a, as a kid and how you got involved in the, the outdoor adventure cult and maybe even the, the van life uh, experience. All right, let's go. Um, I, was, I was born in Virginia in a very, very small town. It's very rural out here, surrounded by woods. So it was natural for me to actually just get out and explore the woods. And we didn't have fast internet or a lot of cable. So I was always outdoors pretty much. And me and all of my friends, we would meet up, ride bikes, ride dirt bikes. We just go walking through the woods. And at that time, I didn't know it was called hiking. I thought we were just hanging out and having fun. So that really got me into the outdoors. And when I was younger, I played baseball and basketball. They were my two main sports. I played baseball for 14 years and I played basketball probably for four years because it was my dad's league. So I just hopped in and wanted to play basketball to see what it was all about. And I kind of enjoyed it, but I enjoyed baseball the most. That was my sport of choice. What what position did you play in baseball? I literally played every pos- position. 
even hind catcher to pitcher to left field, center, shortstop, first, second. I played everything. Everything. Do you have a favorite position? Pitcher. That was my most favorite position ever because it felt like I was, I guess, like the ruler of the game. <laughs> That's right. The, the pitcher and the catcher, those are the only two guys who are involved in every single play basically right i mean that you got one yeah. guy throwing the ball one guy catching the ball or calling the pitch and uh you know it's easy to get uh distracted or or you know kind of uh you know waiting for for the action to happen if you're in another position so yeah the other positions they were kind of boring at points and i ended up just staying off in the space <laughs> all right now were you an only child i am not i have an older sister okay and is she also involved in the outdoor experience and uh, and van life? Oh, no. She hates the outdoors. She is an indoors person 100%. She, she doesn't even like for the sunlight to touch her skin. <laughs> <laughs> now, it's always interesting to me how, how you can have kids from the same family, same same environment growing up, and you have one who is just you know, gung-ho for – for the outdoors and others who, who are not, what do you think that happened? I, I honestly, I don't know. Maybe because I'm probably the more adventurous type and I wanted to explore more and just see what was out there. And she was more of the type that loved to just sit around and watch TV, do her hair and stuff like that. And, and maybe that had something to do with it, but I don't know. Okay. All right. Now, uh, what, are you, what are you currently doing to, to pay the bills and fund your adventures? Right now, I am working with my dad. He owns a medical transport company. So I take care of the cars for him. I wash the cars and I do a little bit of maintenance on the cars. And that gives me enough money to build out my van and get the stuff that I need. And it also gives me the time to put into content creation and obtaining my goal of diversifying the outdoors. Okay. That's a, that's the perfect intro to, uh, to what I want to talk about next is, is the ethnic explorer Instagram account and, uh, and your YouTube account. Tell us, tell us a little bit about uh, the inspiration behind that and, and what the goals are of those accounts. The inspiration behind it was, I thought I needed a name to explicitly identify with minorities in the outdoors so i chose the ethnic explorer for that specific reason and my mission was to diversify the outdoors because out of hundreds of hikes that i've been on i barely see another person that looks like me and i'm always wondering to myself where are they are they scared of the outdoors or what and i think what it is is it's just not presented to like people of color like BPOC people it's not presented to us so we don't have that idea pop into our heads like let's go on a hike you know so um and where I would like for it to go is to be able to gain enough momentum and enough following that I can actually have an impact on that and have a say in it and actually improve diversification in the outdoors. Because I feel like I can definitely do it. I did that with all my friends around me and now they are crazy about hiking. They're like, you got me into hiking. I love it. I love the mental healing and the freedom it gives you. So Nice. Now, for some of our listeners out there who may not be familiar with the term BPOC, what, what, what does that stand for? Black, Indigenous, People of Color. Okay, great. Now, I, I, I understand exactly what you're saying there, that uh, you've, you've now role modeled it for some of, your, some of your friends out there. You've given this, this exposure, and now that you know, they're, they're, uh, they're hooked on it. And, uh, oh, you think that maybe the reason we don't see more uh, people of color on the trail is because they're, they're just not aware of it. It hasn't been part of their experience growing up and, and they just 
It's not that they, it's not that they don't like it. It's just that they're not even they're not even connected to it in any way. Correct. It's, it's the lack of representation because I think so. If you only show like a specific group of people doing something, the other group of people will think, "Oh, that that's probably for them and not for me," and then they'll get discouraged and not want to do it. But for me, I was always the weirdo who wanted to do everything, no matter what. I, I was down to do everything. Mm-hmm. Now, I know there's a lot of adventure media out there. There's a lot of documentaries. There's books, uh, YouTube channels. Uh, in, in your experience, have you encountered a lot of uh, or any media out there that, that represents uh, uh, your experience out there? I, I'm, I'm thinking automatically of, you know, the 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 movie that got every, a lot of people involved in, in long distance hiking, you know, wild talks about, uh, you know, a white woman on the trail who, who went out there and, and, and participated in this long distance hike to kind of deal with some of the issues that she had going on in her life, which, which is awesome. But a lot of the other examples that I, that I think of out there of, of different media portraying the outdoors and people in the outdoors, I don't, I don't see a lot of people of color. Exactly. And, that's why I decided to do YouTube to put that out there. And maybe if someone saw that and they were interested in hiking that they would see someone who looked like them and they'd be like, Oh, he's doing it. So I'm going to go do it. And maybe it would inspire others, you know, to do it. Right now. What can people expect to find on your YouTube channel? What kinds of videos do you, do you produce and put out there? Currently I produce all of my adventure videos, paddle boarding adventures, riding ATVs, going on hikes, and pretty soon it's going to be van life adventures. Okay. Now, do you have any, any uh, specific stories you want to share about uh, your experience in the outdoors? Um, have you, have you, what kind of the, what, what, what is the response? What are the reactions out there? Are the interactions with, with folks on the trail? So, I have one story about, it's kind of a, it is an incident in Florida when I was at Payne's Prairie, which is near Gainesville, Florida. So I was out hiking and I was walking around. I was looking for the supposed, the buffalo that they have roaming the prairie and wild horses. And I climbed this observation tower and this this guy, he, he looks at me and he's like this guy and I just stare him down. And then it dawned on me what he meant. It was a, it was a white guy. And he was just like, this guy, his wife was like, stop it. And I didn't want incident because I was out there by myself and I didn't want a conflict. So I just paid attention to what he was doing, making sure he wasn't coming after me. And I just walked away. Interesting. I mean, what, what is it? What, what do you think his motivation was? He just, just, just seeing me walk up those stairs. <laughs> he, he just stared me down. And then he said, this guy, and he looked at me right in my face. I, w- I was, I was ready to fight, honestly, but I was like, no, not in this situation because I'm the only one out here. You know, I could get surrounded or he could have his buddies or something. So I'm just like, no, no conflict today. Right. Man, that's that's too bad. Yeah. And and then a lot of areas that I hike in, in Virginia, the southwest of Virginia, I pass tons of houses with Confederate flags. And it makes me very uncomfortable, but I still go on these hikes anyway, even though when I get to the trail, a lot of people stare at me and a lot of people smile and they say, hey, they start a conversation with me and they're really, really nice people. But I have been warned, even on like my Instagram, that it's some people who don't like BPOC people that are out in those areas and I have heard of militias out in that area, so, but it doesn't stop me. I'm I'm not afraid because hiking is something that I love to do, and I'll I'll always do it no matter what. That's right. Yeah, you gotta you gotta keep you know putting yourself out there and uh, you know showing other other people uh, that this is this is totally acceptable. This is you know we need to get more people like you out there and and uh, participate in this 
excellent uh, experience. That's exactly right. Because I don't see how you can put like a color on the outdoors. The outdoors is for everybody. All of our ancestors were connected to the outdoors. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, when you when you go hike, are you typically going solo or do you have uh, a group of friends or, or a particular partner that you like to go out with? 95% of the time I'm solo, but I will hike with friends whenever they want to go hiking with me and whenever I can see them. But for right now, my friends live kind of far away. So I usually go hike alone and a few people on Instagram hit me up. So I'll just go hike with them as well. Okay. And are you mainly East Coast type of hiking or how, how far have you ventured uh, across the country in your van? Yes. Um, I just finished the build for my van and I haven't yet taken it very far. I probably haven't even taken it 20 miles. <laughs> um, but I usually hike in the Southeast and I've hiked from... Virginia, I've hiked in North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, Alabama, and Florida. Okay. Now, being on the East Coast, I mean, you named a number of states right there that uh, are along the Appalachian Trail. Any interest in doing a long trail like the AT? Um, I forgot one state, Tennessee. But, um, I, you know, a lot of people pre- try to pressure me into doing the Appalachian Trail. But for me, it's kind of like if I did that, it would set the bar way too high and I wouldn't be satisfied with like the smaller hikes. So I don't think I'd ever do a through hike. I'll do parts of it, but I won't do a full blown through hike. Yeah, that's that's a huge commitment. Uh, it's, you know, the, the Appalachian trail is 2,200 miles long and, you know, it takes people anywhere from four to eight months to get it done. So. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's a huge commitment right there. Yeah. I, I wouldn't do it, but you're just doing the same thing every day. I mean, you're, you're getting up, you're breaking camp, uh, you're hiking and, uh, you're setting up camp and, and eating dinner and going to sleep. I mean, you just do that enough times and you go 2,200 miles. That's very true. But that setting the bar that high would ruin hiking for me. <laughs> yeah, where do you go from there? You knock off twenty two hundred miles. Uh, everything else is a is a letdown, right? Right, right. Unless you hit the PCT or something, I think that's a little longer. I believe it is. Yeah, PCT is like twenty six hundred miles. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a little too much for me. <laughs> And then you also have the the third long trail in the in the U.S. called the Continental Divide Trail, which uh, has the, the there's some alternate routes, but there there's the possibility to go 3,100 miles from from uh, Mexico to Canada. Wow! <laughs> and there are a few brave souls. You talk about what's next and setting the bar high, and how do you how do you do anything you know more than that? There are a few brave souls that uh, have hiked all three trails in one calendar year. Wow, that's insane. That is insane and some serious commitment. <laughs> serious commitment. That's right. It's about wow. uh, 7,500 miles, and yet you've got to do it uh, in one calendar year, which means that they're starting in January and February and doing the, the kind of like the southern parts first and having to skip around from trail to trail to avoid hitting the mountains at the, at the wrong time in the, the dead of winter. Wow. <laughs> that blows my mind right there. <laughs> All right. So let's, let's talk about some of the hikes you've taken. You've, uh, how about, uh, in Florida, you mentioned Florida, what kind what kinds of hiking opportunities are there in Florida? All right. Florida has a ton of hiking opportunities. I believe there are almost 200 state parks and in those state parks, they actually offer backpacking and um because in virginia they only have one real backpacking state park which is the grayson highlands and down in florida they have a lot of like swamp hikes prairie hikes and 
one prairie hike in particular that I absolutely loved was at Mayaka River State Park. That's in Sarasota. All right. So we arrived at the ranger station in the morning and checked in, paid, I believe, $5 per person. So $10. And we got our stuff together and we set out. It was a 17-mile hike to the campsite, which was Panther Point. And then further out, there's another campsite called Prairie. I believe that one was like 26 miles out. So it was roughly like a 34-mile round trip. And when we got out to the prairie, it was dead silent. The wind was not even blowing there was no animals nothing it was just dead silent and that kind of made me feel uncomfortable (laughs) (laughs) feel like a horror movie was about to happen because you could not hear anything (laughs) and we set up camp had it all to ourselves nobody else was out there ate our food and chilled talked played I forgot which board game we actually played, but we played a board game and then we went to bid. And yes, we hiked 17 miles in Florida heat in the middle of a prairie with no shade. (laughs) I don't know how you guys had the energy to play a board game. It was was pretty, I think it was because we were excited and it was that excitement that kept us going. Because that was a very exciting hike, especially seeing the stars and the sunset in a prairie. Like, you have 360 views. You can see the whole sky. Mm-hmm. And in Florida, the sky is not known to be dark because there's so many lights. Yeah, and there's not a lot of mountains in Florida to get in your way of the view of, uh, of the stars, right? With that, that 360 view. Oh, no. It's, there's no, no uh, mountain in Florida. I believe the highest point is 300 and some feet in the whole state. <laughs> yeah. Florida better hope that that, uh, that huge iceberg doesn't break off of uh, Antarctica. You know, if there's sea level rise, it's, it's going to have an impact there. Oh yeah. It, yeah. It, it'll go across the whole state. The whole state's on like 200 miles wide. Yeah. Now you, you mentioned the Grayson Highlands. Did you, have you had a chance to, to go to the Grayson Highlands? I have not. That's on the top of my list of places to go first in the van. Okay. I hear that there's miniature horses out there. Yes, they are. There are wild miniature ponies that just roam around. You've and got I, you've got to go. You gotta go check that out and take some pictures for us. Oh yeah, I definitely will. I'll be YouTubing it up out there. Nice. Now also in Florida, a lot of swamps. Any yes. any experience in the swamps out there? Yes, a lot of experience in the swamps. And there's tons of mosquitoes, but all I would do is just wear like a dry fit long sleeve shirt and dry fit like trainer pants and spray some bug spray on me. They wouldn't get in my face or anything. So I brave the mosquitoes that were huge. You could just hear them buzzing around your head. And then you've got those uh, wild boars. You'll run into like... I guess a, a herd of wild boars, it'll be like 20, 30 wild boars and they are known to be aggressive. So you really got to be on, on like your edge just in case they charge you. Cause they are known to be aggressive. And then you got gators, you got snakes, you got armadillos, you got so many birds. You got the, the pink birds, like the spoonbills. Yeah just everything down there it was like a jungle just just walking <laughs> now what is the what is the the bigger what should be the bigger concern uh to the hiker say say a hiker in uh you know the northern part of the eastern north say the northeast part of of the united states you worry about bears is that a bigger concern for that person or should it be the person down in florida uh, and gators i mean what, what what's the i'd be more freaked out by the gators i think well, the, the gators are actually pretty timid. They'll 
they'll run unless you try to speed them. I'd say to be more worried about the boars and the snakes. Um, bears, uh, I, I would choose the, the boars and snakes over bears. I'm not too afraid of bears, actually. Yeah, there. I've watched some shows on. I don't know what channel it is. Some, some kind of live reality TV about you know the snakes in in Florida and the invasive species that have kind of taken over these huge. I don't know the anacondas. I mean, they 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 are just absolutely gargantuan. Yeah, the the anacondas and pythons. Yeah. There are a lot of evasive pythons now, and you actually have different people that hunt them and make money from that. Could be a good trail meal. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm plant-based, so I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about that too. Plant-based. I mean, when, when have, have you always been plant-based or is that, is that a, a recent decision uh, in your adulthood? Uh, it's a recent, dis- well, not too recent. I've been plant-based for about six years now. And what got me into being plant-based is I watched this video of a cow being slaughtered. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. I I don't want to be a part of that. So that completely stopped me from eating meat. (laughs) Yeah, that, uh, I think a lot of us are kind of, um, Ignorant, maybe purposefully ignorant of, you know, how the, how the food arrives at, at, to the grocery store, you know, all, all the behind the scenes stuff that has to happen for it to get there. And uh, I imagine if, if a lot of people look too closely at how that, how that happens, you'd have a lot of uh, plant-based eaters. Yeah, that's what happened to me. I, I actually like just got too involved after that video. I searched up more videos and I saw just how all the animals were being treated, how they were being farmed and calves and the babies being ripped away from the mothers and all that stuff that really got to me. But I, at the same time, I realized that some people have to hunt for their food and that's their way of surviving. So I'm not against hunting or anything. It's just my choice to be plant-based. Makes sense. All right. Hey, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to get through uh, some more adventures. And I've got some other, other important questions to ask you. So stay tuned for that. We'll be right back. From the backcountry to the backyard, we believe everyone deserves the highest level of protection. Since 1984, Sawyer Products offers the best, most technologically advanced solutions for protection against sun, bugs, and water, using time-released liposome technology, topical insect repellents, and new standards in water filtration. And with every Sawyer product you buy, you are helping to provide clean water through 140 charities in 80 countries with their long-lasting water filters. Every Sawyer product you buy is an investment in our common humanity. Choose Sawyer and keep the adventure going knowing that their products have been tested and chosen by those who count on serious protection on the trail all day long. The John Freakin' Mearpod is sponsored by Outdoor Vitals, the ultralight backpacking gear company whose mission is to improve the mental, physical, and emotional health of mankind by facilitating impactful outdoor experiences. Outdoor Vitals creates innovative technical products with confidence-inspiring education that empower outdoor ultralight adventurers. Their focus on performance enables you to live ultralight with gear you can actually be confident with. Whether you're looking for an ultralight sleep system, shelter, or pack, or if you're looking for top quality apparel for the trail, you can find it at Outdoor Vitals. Do yourself a favor. Live ultralight. Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere, and even earn money, all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer, so no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. 
Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, I feel like my creativity has raised to another level. I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com backslash podcasters to get started. And welcome back. We're talking to Double E, also known as the Ethnic Explorer, about uh, his background, his experiences. We heard about Florida. Let's uh, let's move a little further north and talk about the Smoky Mountains and uh, your experiences in them. The, they uh, they're they're in Tennessee and North Carolina. Is that right? Yes, they're they're on the border of Tennessee and North Carolina. It's in both states. Okay. And I understand you had a rather unique experience in the in the Smoky Mountains. Tell us about that. Yes. So this unique experience was with a girl that I had met on a dating app. This was the first time that we had ever met. And she was not a hiker. And I was in charge of choosing the backpacking loop to do so i chose the kephart loop which is 15.4 miles did she did she realize that this was backpacking right off the bat or did you have the choice to plan the excursion and you you went with backpacking knowing that she had never been had any experience with this she knew that it was backpacking right off the bat but i don't think knew that i was going to choose this loop (laughs) okay so this loop was 15.4 miles, and it was almost 4,000 foot of elevation gain at the very end within two miles. <laughs> so <Ouch>. we, <laughs> yeah, we, we set off from the parking lot on the Appalachian Trail toward Charlie's Bunyan and Mount Kephart. We stopped at Charlie's Bunyan, which was amazing. The clouds were out, so we didn't really get to see a view, but there were kind of breaks in the clouds, and the view at that point was was spectacular. That was the best view I've ever seen in my life. After Charlie's Bunyan, we head toward Mount Kephart, and it was raining, and we had our ponchos on, and it was very foggy. She did not want to go up to this lookout that was near the Mount Kephart. So I was like, you stay here and I'll check it out. Just just to be sure that there's no view. Maybe the clouds would break by the time I got up there. So I went up there solo. I didn't see any view. And then I come back. She's looking kind of like scared that a bear was just going to pop out. And I was like, don't worry. There, there's not many bears at Smoky Mountains, which is a big face lot. <laughs> I just wanted to calm her down. <laughs> but the Smoky Mountains is very bear dense. Um, the other campsites that I chose was actually closed due to bear activity in the area. And I didn't want to tell her that because I knew she would have freaked out on me. So we hit, hid down and we stay at the Kephart shelter and it rained hard all night long and we did see a few fireflies that gave us a firefly show that was that was just gorgeous and then it just poured down raining the rest of the night i tried to start a fire but there was so much moisture in the air the fire wouldn't catch so i was like no fire tonight we're gonna have to just cook on my backpacking stove. So I cook on the backpacking stove, dry my socks and everything with the backpacking stove, and we fall asleep. And during the night, I accidentally knocked over, I believe it was my water bottle, and it made a thud. (laughs) And we both jumped up. We thought like a bear had ran into the shelter. And we were looking around, we're like, I don't see anything. And then I looked to my side and I saw the 
the water bottle all rolling around. I was like, oh, I knocked my water bottle over. <laughs> and in the morning, when we woke up, we packed our stuff up and we hit the trail. Now, this last part was was only two two miles, two and a half miles. But in that two and a half miles, it was that 3,000, almost 4,000, 3,930 feet of elevation gain. So we were walking uphill the entire time and she was struggling. And I was like, all right, let's take a break. So we took a break, we ate some food, drank some water. And I was like, I'll carry your backpack for you for a little bit. So I had my backpack and her backpack just walking up the mountain. She had her walking sticks just, just slowly coming up the mountain. And she looked like she was about to curse me out. <laughs> so that's the reason I offered to carry her backpack for her because it, it looked like she was about to blow. <laughs> then we get to the top of the mountain and back to the Appalachian Trail portion. And at the end, she was like, you did not tell me that hike was that long and that strenuous, which I actually didn't know it was going to be that bad. But I had an idea it was going to be pretty bad once I looked it up on all trails and saw the elevation gate. <laughs> now, Double E, I've got some questions. That's a, that's a good story. Um, first of all, did she ever talk to you again? Uh, we kind of phased out after that. <laughs> I, I don't blame her. You took her out on this I- incredible excursion, you know, three or 4,000 ele- feet of elevation gain in, in two and a half miles. That's, that's no joke. Hey, well, she, she did it. And I was like, Hey, that's, that's a good accomplishment for your first hike. And that kind of made her feel a little better. <laughs> yeah. Good move. Carrying her backpack for a little bit. That was, that was smart. Oh yeah. I, I had to, I felt like that's the least I could do for her at that point. Now I want to, I really want to hear your plan for what you had uh, in mind. If a bear did show up after you assuring her that, uh, hey, there's no bears out here and knowing full well that, that there was an actual campground closed because of bear activity? I, I had my bear spray. I, I would just, you know, just, just use my bear spray if I had to and, and just tell her that was a, a rare incident. <laughs> <laughs> Going to continue the story. Hey, was there anybody else in that shelter? Was there, there a lot of people on the trail at all when you guys were doing this? We saw three people the entire time and no one in the shelter. Okay. Very good. And, and the shelter, this, this part of the trail was on the Appalachian trail. Um, it was right off of that. We had to take the Appalachian trail most of the way, but then we took a side trail that took us down into a valley, which has the uh, kept heart shelter. Okay. And is that a, is it, I don't, I'm not, I'm not familiar with that. Is that a main shelter on the, uh, on the AT? or is it off the beaten path a little bit it's it's off the beaten path the um other other two were booked up and they were pretty crowded so i chose that shelter which actually had people book it but no one showed up and probably because of the difficult hike to get there that's what i was gonna say i say james you know why they didn't show up because there was 3900 feet of elevation gain in the last two and a half miles that's why they didn't show up (laughs) (laughs) well i mean that that was a good accomplishment though i felt proud of myself and i felt proud of her Mm -hmm. that that was actually now looking back at it i'm so glad that i did that one Nice. Now, if I know you don't have a trail name, but uh, let's just base it on this experience here. What do you think the trail name would be that she would give you? <laughs> Probably a-hole. <laughs> <laughs> and how about, how about your trail name for her? Um, let's see. What would be a good trail name for her, actually? You think she's listening right now? I, I honestly, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> I 
hope not. I'm probably going to get a call after this. <laughs> like, no, you did. <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, I had to tell the story. Because that was an awesome story to tell. But, you know. <laughs> All right. Well, if you, if you think of a trail name, just go ahead and blurt it out a little bit later. I just call her champion because that was a pretty champion move to be her first hike to actually do that much elevation again. Yeah, she didn't. She didn't give up. She kept with it. Uh, she finished it up. Exactly. Nice. All right. Hey, let's transition to I think uh, one one of your favorite topics, and that is van life. How how long have you been doing van life, and what what was the inspiration to to choosing that lifestyle? So I have. I've been building out this van for about three months and I haven't quite started with the adventures yet. I've been testing everything out to see how everything works, looking for leaks and all that good stuff. Um, what got me into the whole van life is I was working in 2016 I was working at a Ford dealership in Tampa, Florida, and I was a service valet. And which means when you bring your car in for service and you park it on the service drive, I'm the one that get, gets in it and then parks it out back and gives the keys to the mechanics. And this Ford Transit van comes in, the guy hops out, I get in to valet the car, and naturally, Observing my surroundings, I looked behind me just to, you know, see if anybody was back there or what was going on. And I noticed it was built out like an RV and my eyes popped out of my head. I'm just like, whoa, wow, this, this is amazing. And from that point on, that's what got me interested in wanting to have a camper van. Okay. Did you take it for a spin? Did you uh, you know, go back there and take a look or just, just, just a casual glance? I, I did a, I did a casual glance like, from the driver's seat. I just like sat there and like stared in the back and I did take a selfie actually just to show all my friends like, look at this van. <laughs> nice. Now, now when you decided to, to uh, invest in a van, did you buy a used van? Did you, how, how does one go about converting a van to, to, for this purpose? So with me, I got extremely lucky. This van that I have is the van that I used to ride in. It used to take my basketball team to basketball games. And my dad, he started the organization. And this van was part of that. And I never thought in a million years that I would have this van and turn it into a camper van and he gave me the van for free so that right there it was no arguing I was like 94 Astro that's my van it's free I'm gonna build it out I'm not even gonna look for a sprinter or anything <laughs> you can't beat free exactly I didn't care if there were leaks or anything he said free and I was like all right I'm taking it Okay, and so what what are some of the changes? And you're in the van right now, right? So I, yes. Can you can you can you pan the phone around a little bit and show give us a tour of, of the inside? What's going on in there? All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna do the rear camera if I can get it to work. So right here, this is like my desk table, and under it I have places to put the water bottles and. As you can see, the shiny stuff is reflectix that's insulating the floor, which is under the carpet and shag carpet that I actually have over top of that carpet. So it's like triple insulated. And then right here is just a, a magnetic light. I can turn on and off. This is five bucks from Dollar General. And this is a blackout curtain, more mm -hmm. blackout curtains to separate the front from the back. And then oh, I Oh, look had, at look at that. Oh yeah. Nice. It, it's uh LED lights and don't mind the Dollar General bag with snacks right there. Um they do the whole 
change color and oh shape. you can set the mood yeah yeah and all the flashing and i don't want to give anybody seizures with that but, um, <laughs> this is my of course i have mickey mouse i was a big disney fan when i lived in florida i was a a season pass holder so i used to go almost every day <laughs> mm -hmm. it was like my escape from the realities of florida <laughs> that's my bed right here um on the windows is reflectix to keep in some of the heat since it's really cold normally they're not there and behind those windows it's just um what do you call that stuff it's it's tent but it's static clean tent from amazon mm -hmm. you can't see through it at all and up here this is just a cargo net from my honda civic that i hung across the roof for extra storage mm -hmm. and the co2 detector that is what um keeps me alive if any leaks or anything goes on right now we heard about the heater that you want to get is there are there any other uh purchases on the on the wish list uh oh yeah there there's a ton of stuff on the uh wish list um i want to eventually put a lift kit on here do a four by four transfer um i want to put led bar light on the roof i have one on the front bumper at the moment but i i kind of want more light um i want a roof rack for the top like a full cage um there's just so much that i could go on forever <laughs> all right and and once you have it uh ready for travel what are, what are some of the spots you want to you want to visit in the country Ooh, i, I want to visit all of the national parks i want to visit a lot of state parks in virginia north carolina just a lot of state parks in general in every state i want to go up north i want to go south again east west I just want to go everywhere, honestly. And I figured, get you a camper van. That will save you from getting hotels, paying for campsites, all that good stuff. That's but right. I do realize if I do stay in the um, national parks, I'll have to pay. So I plan on staying in the national forest and BLM land. That's right. No charge for national forest or BLM land. Exactly. So that, yep. that's going to save me a bunch. Yeah, if you do make it out to California, though, you have to stop by Sequoia National Park and Yosemite National Park, two incredible places. Ooh, yeah, th those are the parks that I dream of seeing. So I'm, I'm going to make that happen. And I also want to see Joshua Tree. I believe that's in Southern California. Mm -hmm, that's right. Yep. I also want to see those because apparently those trees aren't going to stay around, you know, forever. So I want to see those before they disappear. Yeah, and the night sky views from Joshua Tree, can't beat them. That's going to be awesome. All right. Hey, that's that's also a good segue. What, let's do a, a quick top five. What are, your, what are your next, or let's say, what are your top next five outdoor experiences? Where, where do you want to go? Can you... I wonder, as, as in like. Um, your wish can... list, wish list of outdoor outdoor spaces to visit. All right. I think the number one wish list spot to go to is Banff in Canada, actually. And that that park, one of my friends went and they were showing me pictures and I was just like, yeah, I want to go there so bad. That looks so incredible. Banff yeah. And Jasper, if, if I can group those two together. For okay. No, uh, number, number two would be i say joshua tree i, I really want to go to joshua tree number three would be the sequoia national park actually because i want to see the giant trees mm -hmm. redwoods um number four hmm let's see there was this one place I can't think of the name right now, but it's in uh, Oregon. It's in the west part of Oregon. It's like a 
I guess a prairie or grassland. People like overland. Um, I can't think of the name, but yeah, but you know there's a there's a desert there's a desert in Oregon. Maybe that's what it is. The I, I think, yeah, and I didn't realize there was a desert. Or you think Oregon? You think you're thinking you know rain and overcast? You don't think of deserts, but I guess there's a a, a big portion of the state that is a desert. So that that could be the area you're talking about. Yeah, I think that is the actual area that I'm talking about because a guy I watch on YouTube. I think Primitive Outdoors, he has this big four by four van and he traveled out there and he was just showing it like homesteads, the old homesteads and everything. I was like, whoa, I want to see that. And number five, it, it would just have to be Washington State. I definitely want to see Washington State. I, I've been sold on Washington State since all of all of my Instagram fam has just been like, you need to go to Washington State. The West is big on my list. I really want to go West. <laughs> yeah, Washington, the Pacific Northwest, that is like the Disneyland of outdoor spaces, so or the Disney World of out, outdoor spaces. And I'm all for Disney World and outdoor <laughs> spaces. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> all right. Hey, Double E, you know where we are? Where are we? We are at that part of the episode where I ask you for your pro tip insight of the week. What uh, bit of trail wisdom or outdoor experience wisdom can you share with our listeners to make their next outdoor adventure even better? All right. So I will share the five C's of survival with everyone, because I believe that's a must know if you're going into the outdoors and you get lost. So the five C's of survival. The first one is going to be your cutting tool. That's going to be like your knife or hatchet, something you can use to cut wood. And the second is going to be combustion. That's going to be like a lighter or a ferro rod, something to start a fire with if you need a fire. Well, pretty much you need a fire if you're in the outdoors. It's, it's essential. The third thing is cover. A tarp or tent or just... Build a survival shelter if you know how. The fourth is going to be a container, something you can keep water in, something you can boil water in if you need to, or something you can put a filter on to filter the water. And the, the last one, the fifth one, is cordage, something you can make lashings with if you need to build a shelter, something you can tie things together with. It's like paracord the 550 paracord are the bank line that's pretty much what what everybody uses and that's really lightweight and really strong that sounds very bushcrafty do you have any bushcrafts in your background oh yeah i i was obsessed with bushcraft watching joe robin net and a bunch of other youtubers do bushcraft <laughs> so that really got me into it nice nice so the five c's of survival Cutting tool, combustion, cover, container, and cordage. Excellent advice. Thank you. All right. So there you have it. This, that's it. This episode is just about in the books. Hope our listeners enjoyed our time with the Ethnic Explorer. I want to thank him for joining us this week. Double E, how can our listeners keep up with you on social media, and where can they find updates on your latest adventures? They can, you can keep up with me on social media through Instagram or YouTube, and my Instagram is the underscore ethnic underscore explorer and my youtube is the ethnic explorer okay remember to check out the pod on social media as well we're on facebook youtube instagram twitter and tiktok james you have a tiktok account i do not have a tiktok oh that's account. next that's next <laughs> all right and I if you and if you have comments for me, if you have comments for me or clips you want to share, you can send it to me at johnfreakamir at gmail.com. James, I cut you off. What did you want to say? Uh, I was just going to say, people have been telling me to get TikTok, but I just cannot get into TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hey, Double uh, E, I'm also looking to you to share a recommendation for a book, a movie, documentary, some kind of uh, outdoor adventure media that will help keep our listeners connected to the, to the trail. Uh, we're calling this our adventure media recommendation. What do you have for us? This is probably the most cliche one, but I really, really love into the wild. 
that was that was my favorite book I have ever read, and I would recommend that to anybody who's into the outdoors. Okay, give us a quick synopsis. What is Into the Wild about? It's about um, a guy who I can't think. Is this, is this the guy with the bus? Yes, yes, Chris Chris McCandless, I believe. Yes, is, that's right, Chris yes, McCandless, Chris exactly. McCandless. He just leaves college. He left everything behind and he hit the road to go all the way to Alaska and just to experience the the last frontier and he found a bus and he stayed at that bus and that that's all I'm going to say because I don't want to ruin the story for anybody so that's all all you're going to get <laughs> that's a good stopping point if you weren't going to stop I was going to stop you right there so that's, that's, that's perfect that's perfect <laughs> All right. And hey, before we wrap things up, I've got one more segment for you called What Have I Not Asked You That You're Dying to Tell Us About? Uh, what have you not asked me that I'm dying to tell you? Hmm. I can't think of anything, honestly. Okay, we covered it all. Yeah, you, you, you did a very thorough job. You covered it all. Okay. Very good. That's a wrap from the John Freaking Mirror Studio. Any shout outs to friends and family, Double E? I would like to shout out everyone who has supported me on my social media and have supported me on my journey to diversifying the outdoors. I really appreciate all of you. Well, I want to congratulate you on your efforts. It's, a, it's an important cause, and we, we need to see everybody represented out there on the trail. Yes, 100%. Okay. Well, thank you for tuning in. Always remember the trail is the trail. It doesn't care if you want to go downhill. It doesn't care if it's almost dark and you're looking for a campsite. It doesn't even care if there's 3,900 feet of elevation gain in the last two and a half miles and you're on a first date. The trail <laughs> is the trail. Embrace the suck. <laughs>